0: Business moves through people, period. It's just that's the only way things in the market, things in organizations, nonprofits—all these things—they can only happen through people. You can't do it by yourself. Welcome
1: to Fit Food Junkies, addicted to health. My name is Emily E, and I'm a certified group fitness instructor and personal trainer. We will not only talk about fitness and nutrition, but also explore how to build a strong mindset, have ultimate motivation, and how to live life to its fullest. Let's start on our health and fitness journey together. Amira Pollack is the founder and CEO at Struct Club, an app for fitness instructors who design motion to music, and their fans, starting with spin, indoor cycling, and treadmill running. Design your craft, make money, and thrive by leading your pack. Amira's career has centered around technology, startups, and social impact. And her opinion has been featured in Time, Forbes, and the World Economic Forum agenda. She earned her MBA at Harvard Business School and BA at Princeton. I am so excited to welcome on Amira Pollock. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm so excited to be on Fit Food Junkies. Thank you for coming on. I think we were just made to connect in life because the way we connected was my brother was going on and he was on an airplane and it just happened to sit next to you. He found out about your incredible fitness app that we will go, we'll dive deep into today and he goes, Oh my gosh, you should connect with my sister. And then, little did you know, you took my spin class. We went out to dinner, and now we're in WeFa, the Women in Fitness Association, together. It just goes to show you that you can truly connect with anyone, even if you're up in the sky. I'm really grateful for. That I'm connection. so grateful for that connection. You have no idea. Very typical, common resume. She went to Princeton for her undergrad, got her MBA at Harvard. So you know, same here, of course. But you are truly an exceptional human. I would love to know your experience and just your entire journey from going to those schools into starting your own business.
0: You know, when you put it that way, which is really flattering. And I I just really appreciate the kind (laughs) words. It's like, I never really thought when I was growing up that these would be the schools that I was going to. And to the extent that when I was actually applying to different colleges, I almost didn't even apply or submit my application. We didn't have you know an ins- like unlimited money to apply for all of the expensive colleges growing up, or or even pay for them. And so I you know I got to the I was filling out the common application and I was just checking the boxes on the list, was so seeing the like basically bill racking up for application expenses. And I was I got to Princeton and I literally was like you know telling my parents I was like mom like how are we gonna but the bill for all of these college applications, I've never even really thought about or like seen myself as the the kind of student who could get into Princeton. And part of that was because I actually had teachers, um, even my school principal in high school, saying that there was just no way that I was gonna be getting into a school like that. Um, you know, s- small fish in, in the pond. And my mom said, hey, if you don't try, you never know. And I was like, that's it. You know, you just got to like take the shots you miss. Basically, it's that um, Wayne Gretzky quote, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So went ahead and took a shot. And one day just in, in my email, it just it popped up that congratulations, you got gone in. And so I guess that was just kind of like, you know, whether whether it's the mantra, like asking ye shall receive, or it's that you know, taking the the missing 100% of the shots that you don't take, whatever it is that sticks with you, that was a lesson for me. That if I just didn't, um, you know, sometimes you can be your own limiting factor. If you don't, you, if you don't at least go for it, if you don't at least shoot for the dream, then um, it's it's not going to come. And so I thought that I would at least try. Mm-hmm. Um, my experience and you know, Michelle Obama talks about this in her book as well as in her podcast. and things that I learned as well going. To um, schools like these, was you enter in and you have this incredible and entrepreneurs who are listening to this will feel this way too. A lot of people feel this way, but you feel like kind of incredible, incredible sense of imposter syndrome walking in. And you're like, wow, like this is such a big brand name. Maybe it's a school or a company or or whatever it is. You're entering this environment and it's just like, wow, this must be full of like insane people. And if, and for sure, there are lots of like some of the smartest people that I had ever even met up until that point people who have since gone on to accomplish insane things but you know we're all human at the end of the day really it's like it, <laughs> so I met a lot of humans uh, I saw a lot of people you know at the same time whether academically or socially like make the silly mistakes that humans do and I you know I think that that is an important lesson as well um, not to like distance ourselves or refrain from questioning um, the types of people or even leaders who come out of these so-called high places, they're, they're all people as well. And it's really um, you know one big takeaway from, from my experience at those places. No
1: matter what school they went to or what background, you were able to just find that connection, that common connection between humans, feel the humanity, which I honestly feel so much from you too, because you are the most humble person I ever met. I mean, Hey, if I went to Harvard, I would talk about it every second of the day, but you were so humble, so modest yet so accomplished. And I want to fast forward, you graduate from Princeton and then you started struct club It elevates how music inspired fitness instructors choreograph and deliver classes. It's an app. You can find it on the app store and I use it all the time. It's amazing. And it has really changed my life as an instructor.
0: I would love for you first to just explain what it is and also how you came up with it. So many of our stories and like who we are, the seeds of it and the roots of it just really trace back further than we might think. Right. Um, and I, I also love dancing and playing music and, and moving my booty as a kid. And I just found a confluence in, in that intersection of motion and music that mm. has been just one of my one true loves. Uh, growing up as a kid. And I found that in my adult life, that manifested in just the this hobby, which more and more people have adopted of going to group fitness classes and finding that, you know, music as the way forward to drive motion that otherwise can sometimes be like a drag or painful or like, Oh, my gosh, I like need to work out today. Because like, I ate so many calories, you know, just actually moving because you love to move Mm -hmm. and because you enjoy it. And oh, by the way, there's like a whole field of research called biomusicology that shows that we move better and we move more optimally when we're moving to and listening to music. So actually enjoyment is like the way forward. Mm -hmm. I, anyway, long story short, I decided to become a fitness instructor when I was in grad school, I got my certification And I jumped into the fitness industry. If anybody else is listening to this who is in the fitness industry as a fitness professional, you know, you jump in and you're just like starting from scratch, like all by yourself. Finished my certification, like went and got my first job at the, you know, my school gym. And it was like, so where are the templates for class? Like, what is it that you want us to teach? Like, where's the curriculum? Nothing. Unless, you know, you want to really like pay up to be an instructor who gets like templated materials Mm -hmm. from say a Les Mills or a Zumba or like another program like that. And otherwise, if you're like, you know, most of us, most of us instructors, and frankly, most of us like workouters, if you're going to the gym, you're creating your workout from scratch, you're like pulling a playlist from somewhere, you're going on Instagram or on YouTube, and you're looking up exercises. And I just wanted one place where I could source material, I could get ideas. Of course, there are aspects that have to be unique about your class. And I wanted to be able to listen to my playlist through one time, tag it with the exercises, with the timing, just one time, not like 20 times. Cause that's another thing that we do as instructors that makes the instruction profession a sub-minimum wage gig today. You're spending so much unpaid time prepping for class. So anyway, I just wanted a place to be able to create, get material, music driven, music first workouts. That's, that was all that I was looking for. And I looked for it actually for a long time. I tried other apps, and I, I was just looking for it and, it and it wasn't there. I just like needed at a certain point. So decided to go forth and making it.
1: Okay. Before I touch up on all those amazing points that you just said, when you were in college, did you have a trajectory? Did you think you had this different career in mind? Or were you thinking, I'm going to start my own business. I'll see what I fall into.
0: When I started college, I wanted to study public policy and international affairs because of an interest in public policy and potentially uh, international diplomacy. I was thinking about doing something like the Peace Corps after school Mm. or uh, just going into the public sector. That's Mm. actually what I was interested in. I still have a strong sense of civic engagement and duty. I love staying on top of current events, but I also found through college, uh, various internships, like learning about Silicon Valley and entrepreneurship that I also love um, the idea of putting together a product. It just takes me back to like, I love being able to create things. Mm. Uh, I love being a fitness instructor because I love creating workout experiences. I love creating playlists. I love choreographing workouts. I love creating silly videos. And by the way, like I'm not alone in this. If anything, like TikTok has shown all of these creative applications that I, I mean, what Spotify has shown with the explosion of podcasts is that we can all be creators. Hmm. I really believe that. I believe that that's what fitness will be driven by in the future. You see all of these big brands that are dominating fitness, and it's like, oh, this X Y Z brand's fitness thing, or this other brand's fitness thing. But the reality is, like. We, the people, we're creating fitness every day. We're getting educated more and more as to what is good for our bodies and what's good for our minds every day. We're doing the research and we're creating stuff. We're creating playlists every single day. We're we're creating our own workout sequences and we're going to be the ones that own the picture of, of this landscape.
1: That's really powerful. It's crazy because when I heard about Struts Club, a genius idea, especially coming from a perspective myself, also as a fitness instructor, I, I mean, people probably think that we just show up to our class and, and that's it, you know, no preparation. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. I would spend hours because first of all, no, I mean, of course the coach, the instructor makes a class, but it also the type of workout and the music. If you go to a class and you don't like the music, or if it's all the same level, say BPMs, you got to feel it. you got to connect with the instructor and with the music. And what I found on your app is that Not only was I able to pick an incline song for cycling and then a sprint song and then more, you know, you really pick your tones and the BPMs that you want, but you got to put in notes, which I think is so cool because there were so many times where let's say I would have my last song and I would have to listen to it, the whole playlist and the last song so many times before class to make sure I remember there's two sprints, not three sprints to end song. But on her app, you can just put in a note, three sprints, and it will go right to the next song and show your notes as you teach. Or there's been so many other times where I want to say something really powerful. And maybe you forget when you teach, you could put that note in there. And it's not even only for cycling, but you've also created it and opened it to hit classes and bootcamp classes and so much more. So I think it's really it's it's such a genius and innovative idea, and I see so much potential for it in the fitness industry. So I really commend you for creating it and also showing that creativity is not just in art. It's not just in making something from your hands, you know. But it, it can be in music. It can be in dancing. It can be in teaching. And I think that's really beautiful what you mentioned because if someone asked me if if I'm a creative person. Like i be like, yeah. Am I artistic? Probably not. But when you think of it in the way that you just mentioned, well, I love to dance. I love to teach. I love to work out. I absolutely love music and beats. So I think it's, it's such an interesting idea that it's almost like you can pull out from the app what you want to create and bring out into life in a class. And I think you've created this really special power and tool in an, a workout setting. So I applaud you. Well, for it's that.
0: really, I just, I mean, that's super kind of you to say. I, I mean, having gone to your classes, I mean, it's it's all about, you know, really it's like your energy and it's your, you know, the people's energy and ideas that give any tool. I mean, what we've put together, it's just a tool. And what we've wanted to do in that tool is to create places that that create bounds and efficiencies around things that don't really require like the creative component, but also to be a mirror and enable space for there to be a reflection back of your identity, whether it's through the curation of playlists or whether it's open notes or however it is that you wanna tag um a, a particular playlist but when you're up there and you're teaching I mean it's just so much fun even to to watch you and to be in your class I remember like vividly just getting so hyped because you're like <laughs> in the club just like <laughs> making this you know a cycle class just it was a party on a bike seriously it's so much fun that was like oh, one me. of the most fun times of like the whole past year oh, <laughs> one of your classes so oh, it's really I day. mean It's all about, I mean, and, and there's just so much of that, that there's just all this potential that, that we've got in the fitness space between all of us who, you know, maybe like painting isn't our creative avenue but maybe making a playlist and curating an experience and designing an experience is our avenue and maybe it's not dance per se but maybe it's maybe it's a workout and if and something that's more fitness oriented there's so many ways um there's so many ways to do it I love that you mentioned that
1: and in terms of creating your own app so I've had so many ideas where you know you come home you say I had the best idea ever but you're not gonna really do anything with it. It's in your head. You think you could be a self-made millionaire if it came to life, but to really put in the work and create it and go through that ingenuity takes a lot of work and dedication and you gotta bring it into life and grind it out like you have. How does one bring an idea into life? It's almost like creating your own shark tank, right? I mean, how, how do you start your own app? I, I don't even know the first thing I would do. I remember one time I had an idea and I went on YouTube And it was, I've never taken coding and it was talking about coding. And I'm like, what what are the first steps that you even do? If you have an idea and you want to start your own app?
0: Paper is a very powerful tool. I think paper is one of the most underrated technology. You know, when people are like, oh, this is the best thing since sliced bread. I'm like, this is (laughs) the best thing since paper for (sighs) creators, you know, a lot of, People and designers who are designing technology, they start with paper. And maybe it's a digital paper, right? It's like your Microsoft PowerPoint or Word or, uh, you know, now now Figma or Sketch or whatever it is that you're using as your screen, your digital screen-based piece of paper. Luckily, now versus even just a few years ago, there are increasing number of tools where you can design uh, what are called clickable mock-ups or basically like you know, just like drag and drop types of elements of apps um, Apple in its own for people who are designing iPhone or iPad or iPad touch apps um, is, is creating more easy ways to make the uh, development process visually modular and a lot more simple um, so that it's and drop process and a more visual process, as opposed to one that requires learning a coding language. So for people who are learning to, who are more of like drag and drop visual types and want to test out their idea before they go into the very expensive process of development, which yeah, by the way, I mean today, and I this will change over time, but supply and demand, again, back to that lesson, there are just more jobs for engineers that are out there there are engineers to fulfill those jobs. So um, it's, you you can make a lot of money as a software engineer today. And so it's not really, you know, always easy or accessible for somebody who's just starting up who doesn't have the technical programming skills. I don't, I'm a non-technical founder. I don't know how to program software. Um, There are a lot of online courses that can take time that can also take money to take an accelerated pathway, but tools like envision or Mm -hmm. balsamic or proto.io bubble is another web tool that has grown a lot where you can just drag (laughs) and drop they're kind of like the square space for apps where you can go ahead and you can like set up your free website. It's drag and drop. Sometimes they have templates. Mm -hmm. So you can at least prototype and put things into people's hands that it'll look like an app and they'll be able to click around through it. You'll be able to connect a button to a new page, put in whatever words you want or visuals that you want, but without having to spend the upfront money um, to develop the software. So it's something that you can test first to see if Mm -hmm. and when people, are like, And so what we did was we actually tried that first before we developed anything up to the point when we were like, oh, wait, okay, so how do I download this on the App Store? How do I get access to this app? Like, how do I pay for this? Then you get people, you know, you, you get people really talking about the, the demand that they have to be able to keep and even pay for a tool like that, that'll massively de-risk as well your situation. Um, before putting money in and, and whatever time or effort in upfront to really go forth and, mm-hmm. and develop an app.
1: To see if it's worth it to pursue. It's almost like the starting.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hmm, that's, exactly.
1: That's really good to know. And in ter- once you go forward and you, would you hire someone that's skilled in the technological side of building your app?
0: Yeah. And there's several ways to go with that. You might want to start with somebody who's in a part-time like pay for certain projects at a time, like find software developers who are either um, contractors to do it or consultants. Mm -hmm. Um, You could find agencies to develop your um, platform, or if you want to, you know, you're fully convicted, you want to go full full force with this finding a co-founder or um, that is technical um, or, Finding employees to hire on full-time would then be, there are lots of ways to slice the cake there.
1: Hmm. And how long would you say, I guess, how how long did your process take to develop your app, build out your business plan and actually come into fruition to coming onto the Apple store?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, for our first, uh, I I don't even know if I would call it version 1.0. I don't even know if I would call it like a beta or an MVP because it just changes over time. The reality is, in any company, um, you better be like innovating throughout your full life cycle if you want to stay alive. And so there are things that I could say, well, there's so much that we have yet to build that we haven't done yet. But you know, you got to get it out there at some point. And there will always be new things that you find once you put a new tool in people's Mm. hands that they're going to request that they might not have exactly... They might not have imagined it before when it was like a theoretical idea. But our first like MVP, like very, very minimum, mm-hmm. it, I don't even know if it was viable. Like that's what MVP stands for, minimum viable product. Um, it took a weekend. So a just week-up. like ripped something super, I was like the simplest thing that we could think about was a spot where you could, um, it was an app. That integrated with Spotify, you create an account and you can create a library where you can pull in your playlist metadata, um, specifically the name of the song and the name of the artist. It would put it in a list. And then you could go and tag those songs, just tag those songs with like a list of this song is a warm up. This song is a cool down. This song has two sprints in it and just like type it in. Weekend. Okay, you made it sound like thought it was gonna be a year. That version was easy. I mean, there were many, course, many more features that we found that of course people needed. <laughs> like you need to be able to like hit play in this app and then it plays the music. And then you need to be able to see those tags in real time with the music. And the time of the music should have like a countdown timer and the time of the interval should have a countdown timer. I need notes and I need to see the tempo of the, you know, they're just like more things and requests that. And that's why I say, I wasn't even sure if that was a minimum viable product, but it was just like the thing that I knew that for myself as an instructor, and it helps if you're solving your own problem. I knew at the very minimum, that's what I needed. And then in practice it was like, Oh, these are other things that if I, if I really want this to be, you know, a part of somebody's life, there are just other things that in order for them to really adopt that, um, and to be able to use it day to day that they also need. Um, that when we got into testing and putting the um, test app into people's hands, they would say, Oh, you know, what? I, I can't really use this unless and they'll, they'll give you like table stakes or ultimatums. that, mm-hmm. in order for me to use this, it has to do X, Y, Z. And you that's kind of what I would start it. with as right. far as prioritizing.
1: Interesting. It's, yeah, it's interesting. Cause you say it's a weekend, but after, you know, you're continuously pivoting and evolving throughout the app to make it, to enhance it each time. Right.
0: And like three years later, right?
1: <laughs> three, like, oh my God. Three years later. Okay. That is so crazy. I want to, I'm curious about investors and how you reach out to investors and how you've got investors. I saw you said this quote And it says, this is a special moment for female founders. There is more awareness than ever around the disparity between who gets venture capital and who doesn't. Instruct Club's headquarters in Los Angeles, there's an incredible amount of momentum for female founders as well as female investors. So I'm really energized to see the diversity. I personally learned a lot from these individuals. There is a special energy that's growing now. I would love for you to just explain your meaning behind what I just said and more about investing.
0: Yeah. And this is something that, uh, I mean, a lot of um, women who've been paying attention to um, tech and women in tech uh, recently will know, but um, it's, you know, 2% of all of the venture capital funding that is out there um, the past year, like every year, basically. I mean, these are the, the best that we have done in terms of receiving uh, venture capital as women has been like 2% of that capital has mm. gone to women. And it's wow. even, I mean, if, if you think that's bad, um, you can take a look at the stats for Latino founders. You can take a look at the stats for black founders. Because it's even less than a percent; it's a fraction of a percent. Mm. And so, in tabulating that, those numbers alone, those facts alone, and public knowledge of those facts has brought more awareness to the divide. Um, and o- over COVID, unfortunately, it has only gotten worse. And so, I think just the awareness has brought a new attention um, to this problem. And and what's happened as a result is that um, I have seen more funds and more investors get into the game of just naming that they are ally types of investors, even places like Crunchbase that are databases. This is more recent Mm -hmm. um, databases around um, startups, investors, who's invested in what, how much. Um, Now companies can label in different dimensions of Um, what is considered diversity. So you can label if you're women owned, if you're women led in your leadership, um, if you are, you know, minority owned or led and exactly what type of nationality that you come from or heritage that you come from. So what, you know, it's ethnic, what what have you, LGBTQI plus queer, you can label that as well. And so there's just more transparency around it. And that's where it starts. It doesn't, mean that there isn't an incredible, I mean, it's clear that there's like an incredible journey that we have to take to level the playing field. And there are a couple sides of that. So one is on the side of the entrepreneur and the other is on the side of the investor. Increasingly, those things are overlapping as successful entrepreneurs come up and then reinvest in um, the future uh, generation of entrepreneurs. So I've seen more profiles of folks who are um, say on their Twitter uh, bios, and in specifically investing in up- underrepresented founders and women, There are increasing number of funds that are focused on uh, underrepresented founders and entrepreneurs. And so seeing an an increase and uptick in that. On the other side um, for entrepreneurs, the thing that um, I've also realized is you have to invite people to be part of your cap table. but part of your capitalization, invite people who aren't usually invited to be investors because that's how the wealth is generated, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We invest, and then you see the return on on the investment provided the company is successful. And so on the the same token, we need to be inviting uh, women. We need to be inviting um, folks who have been underrepresented to be part of the wealth creation. And it's an insane amount of wealth that has been created Mm -hmm. um, during COVID uh, including COVID. Um, and there's been just some really interesting articles that have been written on this, but people aren't being included in that wealth creation. So it's, it's a whole ecosystem approach that we need to take around the equity in the space, like literally equity on the balance sheet.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, really. It's very true. Thank you for explaining that. It's, I didn't even know that. And it just goes to show you, I mean, that like you're really, you're changing. It's almost like you're changing history and you're creating this whole pavement for people to follow in your footsteps. And I think that's really powerful. How do you even make yourself seen to investors? How do you get your foot in the door to show them your product and to show them who you are and to reach out?
0: You know, there is an element of, if you really like look up and down, just the different people that have invested in us and the source of the relationship, some of it is Princeton, and some of it is Harvard Business School, just reaching out to folks within that network. Um, there's an insane volume of venture capitalists that are graduates from Stanford and um, Harvard. Mm-hmm. There are insane number of, yeah, of overlap in right. between the venture capital space and these academic institutions. And so that's just like one thing to name if it's something that you can Forge and I, as as much as I, literally every day I get emails from entrepreneurs, um, which I honor to the very best of my capacity to introduce them to investors as well. Mm. Um, it isn't to say that it makes it fully easy. I right. still, on the other hand, have you know faced discrimination where I've had people. Telling me just straight to my face that, and it's, I mean, like I'd rather them be honest and then talking behind my back, but they just don't um understand women's products. They don't understand women run or led companies. Mm-hmm. They don't believe, you know, they believe that when they're pitching women founders to their guy investor friends, that it's like pitching a charity as opposed to a market opportunity. All, all kinds of ridiculous stuff, like people asking me on dates, just like being really inappropriate. I mean, those are still things that, you know, regardless of where it is that you went to school or what circles you might have access to, this is just the reality today that we're still facing. Um, and so I guess what I would recommend from all that, people are like, okay, so just like, how do I get in touch with investors, right? <laughs> um, one of the first things that I did um, And I think this was agnostic of where I went to school as I looked back into the Rolodex, so to speak, the contact list of people that I had worked with previously who had seen my work who um, had seen my track record of what I was able to do and ask them, I asked them to um, participate whether it's through family and friends round or an angel round, um, to talk to them about my business idea and ask who is in their network and who might be interested in what is an opportunity. I think entrepreneurs forget this too, where they're like, oh, somebody is giving me money. Like they're ma- they're not making a donation. You're an opportunity, you're inviting these people to basically make money, ideally. And of course, it's like a risky venture. But you're doing this because I mean, you're spending your valuable life hours, which is more valuable than the, you know, any amount of money that you could spend on this, because you believe that there's a return on that investment. So I think firstly, get into the mindset of, you know, acknowledging the opportunity that you're creating for people, and that you're inviting them to the table. And that that is a privilege that you are giving to somebody else. And I think that when entrepreneurs get into that mindset, there's a big divide between folks who have like the investor swag and then folks who really struggle with conversations with investors. It's that Mm -hmm. first like mindset of confidence, Mm -hmm. knowing and having talking with conviction of like, this is what the future is going to look like this is the problem, this is what's missing, and this is the massive opportunity. So you're gonna either get on this rocket ship you're in, or you're out. How would I reach out to
1: someone like you, or even know that you have the connection, to reach out and help me connect with investors?
0: Yeah, so if, if say, look at the circles that you are part of, because more likely than not, anybody who is listening to this, they're, I mean, they're already part of your community. right? Right? Like maybe it's a school that you went to legit. There's some people who have invested in the company through family connections there. Maybe that's your only circle that you have, or maybe it's your circle of friends, or maybe it's an alumni group that you were a part of. Maybe it was a church group. Maybe it was a sports club. And then thinking about the types of, and then just talking to them about business, Mm -hmm. um, and thinking about who, might have either some entrepreneurial experience. So I, um, there are an abundant volume of free founder and entrepreneur networks that you can get you know, get in front of and be part of. The Women in Fitness Association is one example of that. And women, I am part of it because of you. Because and it's a nonprofit. It's a nonprofit
1: and because of you, I'm a part of it. And I've met so many incredible connections and I, we were on the panel together. I mean, thank you for bringing me on to that. And that's just a connection that was built upon, I mean, just us meeting each other and being a part of this new community. There's even more past that friendship where you can maybe introduce one another to a new community or a new connection.
0: Business moves through people, period. It's just, that's the only way things in the market things in organizations, even nonprofits, it doesn't, yeah, I mean, just like even sector agnostic, all of these things, they can only happen through people, you can't do it by yourself. And so I would just say this applies to any aspect of business, it, it applies to financing as well. Um, and the best thing, I mean, that you can do as an entrepreneur, if you're looking, I mean, specifically for like raising capital and financing, just going putting a bow tying a bow on that topic is meet other entrepreneurs who have done it just like get on their calendar I'm pretty open with talking to literally I'm talking to entrepreneurs every day mm-hmm. um, I can't say no <laughs> I'm, just like, <laughs> I'm just trying to help how I can but they're you know the um, especially an entrepreneur who has like done something that you want to do and it's a very giving community I mean entrepreneurs largely like The ones that I've met at least, they wanna make an impact, they wanna change, you know, see things change, they wanna solve problems. There are a lot of problems in the world and we need a lot of people to fix them. And we need a lot of people to succeed and and do a great job and and, and just go as fast as they can um, in order for these problems to be solved. So you'll find that the entrepreneurial community broadly is very giving in that way and just like want to help you solve the problem it is that you're solving. So, um, and the best type of introduction to an investor is through one of the entrepreneurs that they've already put money behind. Asking, you know, having questions about investors for those entrepreneurs is a great way and like probably the highest conversion way, way better today, at least than just reaching out cold to an investor to get them on board onto your company. That is Great information, so
1: valuable. Has there been any piece of advice that someone has given you, whether it's reading it or someone personally has told you that has truly just been invaluable information that has impacted and enhanced your journey as an entrepreneur?
0: Oh man, there are things that I just really I'm just a student to this practice and I'm learning every day and I'm like messing up and finding new things every day. Um well share just, yeah, a couple of books that I am listening to by audiobook really great um one um has was recommended to me by the vice president of community at twitch uh Charmaine. she's amazing um and is just totally I mean twitch is crushing it and she's crushing crushing it That I just have found that I've been recommending to other people because I was listening to audiobook maybe I just like bought the paper book so I can like scribble in it and flip through it and like check out and reference things in bookmark it, but it's called The Art of Community by Charles Vogel. I think that for anybody who is building a movement, there are just like so many playbook aspects of this type of book and important um, forces when it comes to building a community that whether you're providing a product or a service or uh, a nonprofit or whatever it is, we're like the community dimension, of what it is that you're building is going to be increasingly crucial, especially coming out of COVID where people have felt um, a sense of isolation. So that's just like one I would recommend that has really changed my way of thinking that is helpful for me today. I have to read that
1: book. I have to, I'm looking for a new book. So thank you. I will probably, uh, Audible has been great because sometimes if I just want to go on a walk and listen, and I've been able to get Book, through books, really well that way. Highly
0: recommend. You not only
1: have the passion side to fitness, but you have the the mind and the entre- entrepreneurship side and the mindset, and you have every single quality that a true entrepreneur has to have in order to succeed in life. So thank you for everything you've shared with us today. It's been truly invaluable. My last question is: at Fit Food Junkies, our motto is "Addicted
0: to Health." So, Amira, what are you addicted to? Yeah, music when it comes to working out seriously, I I don't know how many songs I've listened to today, but it's definitely like several hours of music while uh, I've been working or whether it, I, I went on a run around um, my neighborhood today was listening to music, listening to music in the shower, listening to music to get me up for my day, just like even when I woke up in the morning that I, you know, I think it's probably on theme and on brand, but that would just be like the number one thing right now for sure. It's crazy how it could put you in really any kind of mood.
1: Music has a lot of power behind it. Well, thank you so much Amir for coming on. It has been such a pleasure. Check out her app Struct Club if you haven't already. If you're an instructor, it will absolutely change how you prepare, how you lead and teach classes. I promise. I'm excited to see the future that you have in store for the app, your business and your community. So thank you, Amira. you as well. Thanks for having me. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview today. Make sure to find struct club on the Apple store, especially if you are an instructor, it will change the game. Also, you can connect with Amira on Instagram at Amira polick or on Twitter at A Pollack as well. Reach out to me on Fit Food Junkies. Let me know how you like this interview today, what you learned from it, what you got out of it. If you guys could take one second and subscribe below, it would mean so much to me. I am so excited that you are joining the Fit Food Junkies journey with me.